We must admit that we do not have the situation under control. I wanted to act as if the house was on fire. Because it is. Welcome to The World We Want, Youth Voices on Climate and Health. My name is Jonathan Foster, and on this podcast, we're going to speak to youth leaders and activists, not only about the reality of our current health and environmental crisis, but also about the possibilities, alternatives, and ideas for transformation and change. We're going to find out what you can do to help build the world we want. We must stop playing with words and numbers because we no longer have time. Now, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to the Prince Mahadon Award Conference and the Swedish Institute for Global Health Transformation. Because we were producing two special episodes of The World We Want, but after doing the first one and meeting such inspirational and dedicated people, we've decided to take the plunge and produce a series. So thank you, PMAC and Site, for supporting global youth leaders in this way. Okay, so here is a quick thought experiment. Think about it for a moment and ask yourself, would the world you dream of look anything like the world we have today? (laughs) Now, probably not, right? Let's be honest, we are in a precarious position right now. That much we all know. We're facing environmental challenges, climate catastrophe, biodiversity devastation, spiraling pollution. We've got social and political splits, inequality, poverty. Well, you know, the list goes on and on. Now, there are people that say it's too late. They say we can't change the world and it's easier to imagine the end of the world than to create an alternative. Well, you know the quote. But those people are wrong. And here on The World We Want, we're going to find out how youth activists are trying to change these seemingly inevitable narratives. I've always been fascinated by the way different individuals and societies grow out of different sets of values and principles. Right now, there's something going on that I just can't understand. Let me put it this way. Although we are facing a complex set of challenges, the ones I've just mentioned, we're also facing a simple question, a question of survival. If you're in a car, let's say, and you're hurtling towards a cliff, you turn the wheel, you change course, you head in another direction. At the very least, you slam on the brakes. (laughs) You survive. What you don't do is accelerate towards your doom. But today's dominant values and principles are intensifying the climate and health emergency. They're pushing the planet to its limits and stepping harder and harder on the accelerator. And I'm confused because there's a feeling of inevitability about this. A feeling that our current values and principles are driving us off a cliff. So why is it so hard to put on the brakes? Why don't we turn the steering wheel? And if we manage to put the brakes on and turn... Where will we end up? What will the new destination be like? Now to find out, 
I'm going to speak to youth activists about how we can all stop being passengers. I'm going to find out what you can do to change our trajectory. What can you do to stop us driving off a cliff and instead collaborate in creating a balanced system that thrives on ecological and human well-being? So, put on your seatbelt, dear listener. It's going to be a bumpy ride. In our first episode, we heard from some amazing youth leaders from Egypt, from Kenya, France, Fiji, Singapore, Thailand and Argentina. If you've heard that first episode, you'll remember this brilliant guest. And the great, great crisis is not the climate crisis. It's the emotional crisis, the ethical crisis, the existential crisis, why we're here, what happens if we, if we die? All those basic questions, philosophical questions, in the, it's like we, we forgot them. Who are we? we? We talk about leaders all the time, leaders, leaders, leaders. Are they prepared to be leaders? That was Maximo Masoko. He's the founder of Eco House in Buenos Aires in Argentina. Now, Maximo was just 17 years old when he started on his journey. And the thing that set him on the road to change was rubbish. I mean, literally, trash. Mountains of garbage. It was everywhere in Argentina, and nothing was getting done. Maximo had enough, and decided to take it upon himself to do something about it. Now, as he says himself, it's very easy to do nothing. And that's exactly what was being done. Nothing. So he did something. And that very small idea, to do something, that's what all of our youth leaders have in common. Every one of them decided to stop being a passenger. Every single one of them reached for the brakes. Now Maximo began reading and researching and teaching himself about climate change. He then began sharing his ideas with other people. He started knocking doors. In fact, in the first eight months, he went to 400 homes in Buenos Aires talking to people about recycling. When he founded Eco House, there were 10 volunteers. Now there are over 600 and they're opening venues in 20 countries. They're training corporations on how to reduce their environmental impact and they're educating 70,000 schoolchildren. In one year, they've helped to pass nearly 10 environmental laws. Energy comes from ideas. When an idea with roots starts changing a paradigm, changing society, it's very powerful. As a generation, it's our job to build a bridge between the old and the new. We just need the right amount of people doing the right thing. So there you go. Maximo went from being a 17-year-old with a passion to running a youth organization with the most members in Latin America. He's been selected as a UN youth leader, He's been declared an outstanding personality of the city of Buenos Aires and one of the 10 young people of the year. He served as a youth delegate at COP25, at COP26 and at the 2019 UN Climate Summit. Okay, Maximo is the real thing. 
and he became a voice by simply opening his mouth. And that's something anyone can do. Maximo has travelled a long way, which made me think of the set of principles and values he had at the beginning of his journey and how his journey has affected them. So I asked him, how do people stop themselves becoming the very thing they're trying to change? We hear it all the time, right? I mean, it's okay to be passionate as a youth, but hey, eventually reality will bite, right? <laughs> I thought a lot about this. Um, we we think about this every day because we are uh, luckily a huge movement, movement and we do not work for a political party. We work with every political party and we already saw a lot of young people that they started in this side and they finished in the other side, right? Um, I believe that everything gets to the same point that we already talked about. It's the emotional crisis, the ethical crisis, the existential crisis. It's all about that. It's all about that. It doesn't matter if it is an environmental issue, a social issue. You always will have people that get together because we see an injustice in our in the paradigm that rule us this happens in the whole history it's the story of humankind when we see an injustice we start getting together some really are doing this only to finish that injustice and evolve to something new a lot of those have personal interests. It's not only that. When the government comes and say, hey, do you want to be the national director of something? Yes, of course. But we do not have to like say this in a in a destructive manner or say, hey, you are a bad person. No, 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 no. That's humankind, that's human beings. And also, we do not, we have to have empathy. We do not know what's going on with that person. Maybe he or she has three kids. They cannot live only of <laughs> words and movements in the street. They have to work about something, right? So they, have, they, they need a job. So we work really hard, really hard in educate ourselves. We have workshops, in our in our movement about this emotional intelligence ethics philosophy the cause why we are doing this how to talk with people um, so we talk about this all the time because if not everyone has a hidden agenda and that's what we have to finish with so whatever happens for us the first thing we had to do is promote education for sustainability. A high quality education. That is going to be always for us the best way to transform individuals and a whole community in the right way. That's for us, it's a, it's, it's a law. It's the law of our movement. The first thing we do, educate. And educate ourselves that involves, right? It's not like, I'm going to educate you. No, no, no. We are all the time trying to do better and be better. 
What Maximo emphasizes is that you are never alone. This isn't about being a super individual. It's about being together with others in a mutual relationship. We need to approach each other with empathy and kindness instead of perpetually being asked to fight from opposing camps. The principles and values of Eco House grew out of a collaborative dynamic. So I asked Maximo, what about their long-term objectives? The objective of everything we do, it has to be the health of human beings, the health of natural ecosystems, etc. That has to be the objective. And if we do that as a domino effect, we will have benefits. So what we need to do is to find alternative economies. Not only one, not one big new economic system, because that doesn't work. It has to be, as we said, thinking globally, acting locally, constantly with a, a common horizon. And to do that, we had to educate a lot. Because here, for example, in Latin America, do you think that climate change, it's like a common topic that everyone knows about this? How it works, why, how we can change it? First, here, it comes the biodiversity crisis the ecological crisis. So let's talk about that. Here comes the economical crisis first, or the social crisis. Let's talk about that, but, but with the sustainability equation. So let's talk about the economy with every aspect of the environment that we have to involve to do a sustainable economy, because this is totally unsustainable. So, of course, we have to change a lot of stuff, transform it more than change. It's not like you have this, I bring this. No, 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 no. Everyone has to, from the inside, make a transition individually and that individually apports to the collective thing. Individualism, that is like the law of the last 100 years, individualism, it cannot be anymore because if 8 billion people do everything in the context of individualism, it's like cancer. Last year I had a, a, a very bad cancer. It's the same. If the cells work as they, I don't want to say the word, as they want, as they freaking want, I will say, you got cancer. It's an individual cell that wants to grow illimited, illimited in a place that they cannot grow illimited. They have to work together with some ground rules. Okay, we as human beings are cells of the biosphere. We can do the same analogy. We work together, we have healthy tissues. We work individually as we freaking want. Here we, we are. Hey, wait a minute, Maximo. I've got to just, I'm sorry, you threw me there. Are you saying that you had cancer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a very bad cancer. I almost died. Okay, I'm really sorry to hear that. Uh, I didn't have any idea. How how are you now? Um, okay, I'm recovering. <laughs> oh, hold on. Okay, we're we're back on track. <laughs> so 
Besides campaigning and innovating to help create a more equitable and healthy world, Maximo has also triumphed in his own struggle with cancer and his own mortality. When I speak to people like Maximo, I feel humbled, and I get this feeling that the voice of youth campaigners is almost like the voice of society's conscience. They are the reminder of society's moral responsibility. They are the barometer of what we do right and what we do wrong. They can say the things that perhaps we all want to say, but cannot for a million reasons. One of the dynamics of today is the way in which people are so easily channeled into different sides of an argument. There is a lot of antagonism, a lot of social and political splits. And I wondered if this is causing young people to think twice about getting involved and helping to create a more sustainable world. I mean, this huge, great, enormous amount of effort we have to make, and it can feel overwhelming. Yet every small thing is a valuable contribution, and every person can make a contribution, right? Yeah, but it, that is very important what you're saying, because we work every day with all the parties, no? Political parties, uh, syndicates, federations, teachers, we don't care. In our organization, we don't have a, like a color, so we can go everywhere, we can talk with everyone, and we need to, to do this because we all depend on the environment. So now the new paradigm is, okay, we have to take care of the environment. I don't know why we forgot this, but it's like the obvious thing to do, right? Because if not, we don't have economy, we don't have society, we don't have anything. So we are growing in a bigger world as global citizens. And this is going to have consequences in the next decades. We don't know what is going to happen. When we were little in, in first grade, the teacher asked us, what do you want to do when you are older? I had a friend that always said, I want to be a doctor. I want to study medicine. So every decision she made, every decision she made during primary school, high school, university was thinking in that, that she wants to be a doctor, every decision. So I ask to ourselves, as a community and as individuals, what do you want to be when we are older as a community? Because if you know as an individual that you want to be a doctor and you're going to study and do everything to be a doctor, why, why we do not have the same question as a city, as a state, as a country? Because every decision we make should be towards that objective citizens without the role no politician or 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 great businessman or woman no 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 that's as human beings a society to say okay you want to change habits individual and of course collective habits to do something about this i could i completely agree Actually, I, re I really want to be a human being as well. It's just that I'm not entirely sure anymore how to be one. <laughs> 
Thank you very much, Maximo, for sharing your ideas with us. Thanks a lot and goodbye. Okay, well, thank you very much. Nice to meet you, Jonathan. Bye-bye. So to sum up Maximo's philosophy of engagement, the most important thing is not to lose faith, to have empathy, to have kindness, and to engage in educating yourself on your local community issues. For Maximo, the objective should always be healthy humans living in a healthy ecosystem, because human health is an emergent phenomena that comes when ecosystems are in balance. If you want to find out more about EcoHouse, you can find it on www.ecohouse.org.ar. And while you're there on the internet, have a look at the PMAC website on www.pmac2022.com, where you can also register for the PMAC Virtual Conference, which runs from the 26th to the 29th of January 2022. The conference gathers together futurists, academics and experts from a variety of fields, including international relations, nutrition, political economy, climate and more, and covers possible alternatives for global transformation for health and equity into the future. And remember, everything we do today shapes tomorrow. So what are you going to do today? Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to be sure you hear next month's episode of The World We Want, Youth Voices on Climate and Health. We must stop playing with words and numbers, because we no longer have time. This podcast is brought to you by the Prince Mahadon Award Conference, in collaboration with the Swedish Institute for Global Health Transformation, FHI360 the World Health Organization, the World Bank, the British Medical Journal, USAID, and Jonathan Foster of Foster Media.